What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Paint podcast presented by Ball is Life. You have Devin Ugland here alongside Ronnie Flores, the co-host of In the Paint. Um, we're going to get right into it because we got some important guests coming on a little bit later in the show. So we're going to jump right into our what's the latest. Uh, Ronnie, Spire Institute, uh, led by um, the ever-present LaMelo Ball, has officially pulled out of uh hoopal event back east um i guess there were some terms between the two sides that that could not be met potentially a um appearance fee type of situation that hoopal was not willing to uh pay give us a little bit more information on what you know about that yeah you know aspire is going to events around the country and obviously they wanted to be in hoopal and i'm sure the powers to be that are, are broadcasting Hoopal games, namely ESPN, would want Mallow on their on their network. So, you know, they, they were originally slated to go, and it's not unprecedented that a team has a, a an appearance fee in high school basketball. That has happened before. But when we get word, you know, we read that Forbes story that was out recently, you know, that it's in essence a fee for a player. So now we're talking about something else. The Mallow fee. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we get... a. A high school team, especially with the once in a kind of a generational player, they they do make deals. Yeah, and it's it's sometimes it's through the school, through the school administrator. But this is something different, not through Spire or Spire Institute or their coaching staff. So when we get into that, you know, we read the story. Uh, my take, Devin, is is that smart? Let's forget Spire for a minute. If if Melo's always going to be connected to Big Baller brand, is that just smart for the brand? If I thought. You know, big ballers were big ballers. Like, <laughs> you know, Lonzo's a big baller. He I mean, plays I, for the Lakers. Yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's a big baller. He's, he's, he's the biggest baller. Yeah. That's as big as a baller you can get playing in the NBA for the Lakers. You're playing for the Lakers. Right. So I get that part. You know, he has a seven-figure salary. But what else do you see there? I mean, I, I, I'm I talking branding now. You know, you're tr- you're trying to get in a fee, willing and dealing. Yeah. What's your take? You're, you're talking about the Forbes story about Adam Zagoria, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah sure. I just want to give him, uh, you know, some pub for that story. Yeah. Uh, lots of good information there. If you guys have a chance, give it a read. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of it. Like you said, uh, this isn't the first time a high school team will ask for extra something. Sure. A lot of these big-time tournaments set up teams with – hotel rooms and sure. transportation uh flights things of that nature but the way that this was presented it seems like it was presented in a way uh that the fee was for the player not Correct. the team so that changes that the ball game. changes the whole ball game and when yeah. when the ncaa reads that story there that's another strike against Melo's potential eligibility at the college level am i right correct because that we're still talking about college a bit in terms of what Mallow's going to do, because let's face it, regardless of what we've seen, JBA, G League so far, obviously the G League's changing for the elite players. They may get six-figure salaries. The NCAA still is the unofficial farm system, and most kids still want to play there. So Mallow had listed his favorites, but it just seems every day that goes by and these type of things come out, that's going to be out the window. Yeah, yeah, you know, so. I hear you. But enough enough on, on yeah. Mallow. We, you know, we hamper on him and hit on him a lot. So let's move into a more... Um, pressing and sad issue is the way I describe it. The LAUSD strike. We've discussed it on past shows. Uh, yeah. It occurred. It went down earlier this week. They, the two sides, the the union and the school district, weren't able to meet on terms. Kind of the same right. deal as who Paul inspired. <laughs> yeah, just a you know more just serious a bigger grand scale. Uh, yeah, bigger, worse grand scale. Um, yeah. six six hundred and sixty thousand kids, thirty thousand teachers, all basically 
out of, out of work, out of education, come sure. to a stop. And that means no games for LAUSD athletic teams, whether it's basketball, football, any I mean, football, it's over. It seems like football goes forever, but yeah. um, winter sports. Winter sports, yeah. Um, They're out right now. Out, no practices. No practice, no I've off heard, facility right. practices. But I've heard that, that some students, uh, especially at, at Westchester and Fairfax, uh, Robert McRae and Ethan Anderson are leaving leading team practices, and yeah. Jeremiah Turley and, and Jordan Brinson are leading practices at parks, like parks and Compton yeah. local schools. Like, yeah. That's pretty cool, but yeah, um, that is good. I mean, that's good resource for them. You always think, yeah, you know, are these guys gonna run into Devin out of twenty four hour fitness because they're running a little practice? You know, what's they, they could. I mean, if they want to pick me up, I can yeah. shoot. Yeah, exactly. plant me in the corner. I don't play any defense, but I shoot it. Exactly. Um, so what's the, that's good for them. Yeah. But overall, we knew this was happening. Obviously, we had. Coach Bake, Steve Bake of Fairfax on the show a few weeks ago. He was hoping for the best and, you know, I'm going to go forward. But no teacher, especially a, a veteran teacher, is going to cross the picket line. This is to support teachers and what's fair. They deserve a, a, a living wage here in L.A. County. They deserve, you know, to they have... deserve support. From yeah. everything I've read, there's Correct. a lack of they're not, administrative support. They're not, uh, you know, they're their not class, doctors. Their class sizes are massive, 42 students. They're not students. psychologists. Right. You know, they have to play everything. Cop, psychologist, uh, broke check for broken bones, right. uh, check for mental illness. They're, they're not either, A, they're not equipped or they're not really getting paid. To do all those to things. To do all that thing. So that kind of leads into what our, our main topic is. We're going to go hard in the paint on is a little bit of why these coaches don't want to be involved, Devin. Let's talk a little bit about the yeah. new NCAA recruiting calendar and specifically June in the Scholastic events. Yeah. Like we've said a few times, those Scholastic events, so you guys know, are June 21st, 23rd, June 28th to 30th. The coaches don't want to be involved, some of them, because there's already sentiment around the country, and it's right clear in front of us, dead example, LEOZ strike, that they're severely underpaid already. Right. And then they got to take on these other tasks. Like, you know. Again, like these administrators or whomever at, at the school district are going to be, if they're running these events, they, they've got to have the resources to do so. Sure. So they're going to be coming in during their off time sure. and having to monitor all these sanctioned events um, that are being planned within LAUSD uh, sections and schools and, and sure. things of that nature. So if if they're already you know struggling to, to make ends meet, make ends meet, for lack of a better term, for doing their regular job uh, as a teacher. Yeah. What makes us think that they're going to want to come in on their off time, without making any more money and run and run and oversee these events? And that's the main thing we got to bring up in terms of running these June Scholastic NFHS certified events. Is NFHS and NCA want to see what people are making? So even though the event has never happened, they want a kind of a uh estimate of what the the revenues are what the expenses are it's it's the it's to quote the great jerry seinfeld it's the equivalent of a full rectum exam on the financial level (laughs) that's a great (laughs) that's a good one but yeah i mean you just it hasn't happened yet so and they have fee caps charging caps right so they're not going to be making money hands over over fist on this so some state associations, I think Texas kind of led the way with what I'm from. I'm hearing and what they were quoted to say is they kind of did some numbers on that, and they're like, "We're just out. We're not going to run these events if the NCAA is basically ordaining them or saying, hey, you go ahead and run it.' Who in their right mind, Devin, that you know says, Devin, run an event, but you know you might lose or you don't know what you're going to make. So go, but go ahead and go ahead and take that job. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, but. We want to see everything that you've spent money on. We want to see all the money that you've brought in. 
and yeah. and if you if you lost money, yeah, too bad. Yeah. If you made money, give me some. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> you know, or we'll curtail. We're gonna curtail the chances of you making some. Right. It's it's just it's kind of uh, un- unbearable, almost. It's unrealistic. unrealistic. It's unrealistic. It's a better word than than unbearable. As, as is the whole as is the whole recruiting calendar in itself. I mean, yeah. we're not limiting this just to June. Like right. we're, we're just talking about June because it's the main issue right now. Yeah. But so again, let's go over that. Then yeah. go over the new re- recruiting calendar in its totality for the people out there listening hard in the paint. So there's a certified period in April, non-scholastic, meaning they're not they don't have yeah. to be hosted by. By schools, grassroots event. Yeah, it's a grassroots event like we know, like a Dinos event or a Ryan Silver Mm -hmm. event or any of these kind of events. Um, That's April twenty sixth to twenty eighth. There's another non-scholastic certified period in July, which is the eleventh through the fourteenth. Again, a non-scholastic meaning a dude like Dinos or a dude like Freitas or any kind of grassroots hoop group, hoop group, EYBL, stuff like that. Shoe companies, shoe companies, UIA. That's what we're referring to. The NBA top 100 camp is a certified event. uh, For the first time. For the first time. And NBA coaches can attend this. Am I right? Yes. NBA scouts. NBA scouts. NBA scouts. So they have, it's usually a four or five day event. It's a long day, long event. University of Virginia. It's been there for the last few years. Overall, it's a great, event they uh john lucas puts together a great committee and that's for the committee selects the top like players legit top high level players and a lot of um there's a lot of um um, nba sons who are able to attend because their their fathers played in the league correct so it's it's for the nba and it's they're coming together with with this high high school aged event and it's two days june 13th through 14th so that's a good first that's a good I think it's of a good value for them to go see the oh, top guys. For sure, for to see the top guys. Yeah. So and that gets us to July twenty third to twenty eighth, which is the regional NCAA oversight camps or regional oversight camps. camps. You like the oversight camps? Yeah. You like that? Just make sure that you know no yeah. bags are being dropped or whatever yeah. they think's happening. Yeah. Um, those are those regional camps that we're really not sure how it's gonna play yeah. out. We don't Correct. know like who's invited or. How, how get you get invited or how you sign up or if it's a sign up process. I, we don't know. Yeah. So we're like, we've been around this a long time. You've been around this a long, longer than I have. And this yeah. is a, an unknown for us. So we can only imagine what kind of unknown it is for parents and, and players. It's, it's weird. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, we want to keep people informed. So, you know, that's what we want people to listen to the podcast is these things come and these things develop. We'll keep you guys up to date. So again, thanks for, for listening in, but the four regional youth camps, July 23rd through 28th, might have up to 2,400 kids. But from <laughs> what I'm hearing from the college coaches, is especially the low level ones. We're not talking Duke, we're not talking Kentucky. We're Michigan talking State. Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo, yeah. or UC Irvine. They might run a little sabotage there because they might run a little, little uh, you know, reverse or a little uh, flea flicker. Flea flicker. They're not going to give flicker. up their names of the guys that they think are gems, Devin, especially guys they may look to you for. Right. Low D1, guys you see a little off the radar and they ask you about. They're not going to give that right. up to invite that kid so a Michigan State or a Texas <laughs> can steal them. So one of the things is like they're looking for these yeah. for schools to nominate players, players to go. And like that's their life. UC, I, you know, yeah. I talk to a school like UC Irvine quite a bit and all, yeah. most of the big West schools. Sure. And my thing is I don't see all the, like I don't travel a bunch and see a bunch of the top level players. My thing is more, I like to, I don't yeah. need to, I like to watch yeah. the basketball under the radar guys, you know, hoop, hoop guys like my guy in Newport Harbor, Sam yeah. Varela, get on him, hurry up. Yeah. Um, but 
That's the they think they think recruiting. yeah they think like so the, take UC Irvine for example they think you think they're gonna put Yasu Worker's name uh, on one of those things so that you know Stanford or yeah. you know a team back east can come out and, and watch him at a regional camp Vanderbilt you something like that them or something. super yeah. high academic whatever like yeah. no they want they they identified him from his freshman year and they've been on him for three years they're not going to put him on a list and give it to the ncaa to be like recruit my guy yeah <laughs> here you go thank you like, that's so funny that's what they get paid for right so, i mean that's what they're paying their families and 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 you know making a living by doing this so that's just it's, that's just ridiculous to is, me it's, and it's 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 we'll see how it comes out but again be aware that those camps are the 23rd to 28th yep. maybe up to 2400 kids that's the magic number we're hearing then USA Basketball is going to come back and have a national camp for the top 100 guys, July 26th or 28th. That's more self-explanatory. We we know who the top 100 we know, guys yeah. are. We know, yeah. Those are those the James Wiseman's, the, the Evan Mobley. Those are the guys the who everyone Mayos. sees a thousand times, who yeah. all the quote-unquote scouts watch right. a thousand times over and over and over and keep evaluating the same guys over and, and over and over. And that's one of the big pet peeves, lower, uh, lower level, meaning guys who don't always produce top 10, 20 guys in their, you know, continuously. Throughout I've, the program, right. I've talked to, their, to these guys the last week, and they're going – these guys always see the same players over. So I think the gist of this new recruiting calendar is it only benefits the elite. The low-level guys are hurt by this. And that comes to the new, let's go over the new changes based on what Devin just told you of the calendar, is obviously the NBA Top 100 camp has now two live days. Good. The new June events, which we're going to go hard in the paint on right now, that's uh, the, the whole basis of this, what we're talking about. The reduction of the non-scholastic in July events which is huge. It goes from three weekends, Wednesday through Sunday, in previous from three of those just to one now, which is July 11th through 14th. So the previous events you went to, the Adidas Championships in Vegas, Las Vegas Fab 48, those staple events, they're no out. more. They're done. They're, they're not live no more. So be aware of that. They're not live no more. We can't say that over and over. Coaches. Parents, be aware that those periods are gone. Right. That's what we want to emphasize. So then, you know, the USA Basketball has that that new camp and the regional camp. So that's the changes. So now we're going to, Devin, we're going to get hard in the paint on the topic. We're, we're at hand here for today. The main topic, at least, is the June live events. Yeah. So, so let's, let's yeah. touch on that. One of, the, one of the states that kind of was first in the main light with this was North Carolina. Sure. Um, Give us a little more background on that. Uh, what happened in North Carolina that kind of sparked the the conversation on this? Yeah, you know, in the NFHS came out and they had a grand grand statement. They they thought maybe it was all had the bells and whistles, a great you know press release that they wrote, and they said the one thing they said is only one association per state is being sanctioned. Whoa, wait a minute! New York has a bunch. North Carolina has two, the privates and the public. So right away. Me being a, a Fab 50 compiler and talking to coaches, high school coaches around the country all the time, they said, Ronnie, you know, we're getting wind that they're not going to sanction us in the private sector. Right. Uh, just so you guys know, the private sector has about 100 teams, just a little under 100 That's teams. That's in North Carolina. In North Carolina. And the public has about 400. Right. But if you ask a college coach, maybe 50 or a little more than 50 to 60% of the talent comes from the private. Right. So they're discriminated against. They're out in June. Can't be involved. And so moving to Texas, Texas, Texas recently came out and said they're not hosting events. Nevada Correct. as well. Correct. So just recently I got confirmation that Nevada's out. And that's a big statement because Nevada does sanction 
it's one sanctioning body for publics and privates. It's not, not like North Carolina or Texas. A little different because it's one body, but they pulled out anyway. They don't want no part of it. So that's a big, big uh, new development. So we're going to get into our, our guests here on our show this week. So here we go. We're getting our guests on, fellas. We're bringing on Freddie Johnson in his 42nd season at Greensboro Day in North Carolina and his assistant coach, Mr. Smith, Mr. Jeff Smith. Hey, how you doing? Coaches, Devin Ugland here with uh, Ronnie Flores. Uh, welcome to the Ball is Life podcast in the paint. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. How are you doing? Doing wonderful. Thanks for taking the call. We appreciate it. Um, let me get right into the first question. So I know it's, it's a little later over there and you guys can get home and, you know, get back to your families. So... Um, first question, when did you guys first get wind of, you know, the private school sector kind of being, um, dismissed from, uh, hosting June live period events? Well, our first, um, the first indicator we got was probably in late August or early September when, um, someone that I knew, we were talking about the June calendar changing and a public school coach that I know basically reached out and said, Hey, um, the word I'm getting is that the calendar is changing, but it's only going to be available for uh, public schools and that the uh, private schools, charter schools, and um, Catholic schools and things of that nature, any of those associations would not be allowed to participate. So, you know, we kind of did some digging around and heard that it was true, you know, or potentially going to be true, but we didn't know for sure, for a fact, probably until the middle of October or November. Okay. And they had reached out they had reached out to us about doing some events together. That's what we were already having conversations with them because we get the best teams together and players. Right. And that's what most most of these events are about is getting, you know, a lot of the top teams together in one gym so coaches can watch all the guys they're looking for at one spot. But what was the general feeling once you found out uh, that this wasn't gonna happen? What what was the initial thought and uh, give us an idea of what the, the public school sector thought as well. Side, 50% of the coaches probably, I would tell you, were not happy with the role. They thought that we should be able to bring the best players together and have an event because you want all the D1 coaches there and you want them to see the best players. And if you water it down, then you're not going to have as many coaches who are going to want to come to an event like that. And the private schools, you know, we're, we were extremely disappointed that they, they did this rule and we weren't involved in the process at all. And our state association had no conversation with anyone to after the fact had been a rule and we knew about it for about a month. So, I, you know, it's a disappointing thing because I don't think you should leave any kid out of an event. Thank you, Coach Johnson. Just to give you guys some background on listening to the podcast, Coach Johnson's been a coach for 42 seasons at Greensboro Day. Again, they're in the private sector and private school association in North Carolina. He has over 1,000 wins. Uh, he's 2017 National Coach of the Year. Just in general, Coach, have you seen anything like this in your 42 years? Have you heard of such such thing that you just discriminated against kids or just excluding a, a, a segment of kids out? that are in the public school coaching arena, they're disappointed too because they don't understand it. And and I think it's it, it's going to be really difficult when you try to start explaining it to parents and stuff because most of your coaches didn't know about the rule. The rule rolled out when the season started for colleges and your head coaches 
they're not thinking about recruiting at this point in time, especially in June. Definitely. Thank you. Thanks for the insight there, Coach. This is for Coach Smith. Coach Smith, I want to let the fans know, have been a high school coach since 1990. He's also spent seven years recruiting, has experience in that at the D2 and D3 college level. Coach Smith, give us a breakdown of the number of schools in the NCISA, and that's just in the independent private schools, and give us the number of schools in the NCHSA, which is the public, and, and just some general D1 numbers and some of the players that have gone through the private sector that would be excluded. Okay, so there's like um, about 100, maybe 100 to 120 private schools in the NCISAA, and there's just over 400 public schools. Gotcha. So it's about four times the number of public schools as the private schools. There's probably about 50% of the Division One prospects in the state of North Carolina are in the private school sector. So if this rule was in place in the last five to six years, guys like Harry Giles and Bam Adebayo, the Plumley brothers, Devin Dotson, Grant Williams, Kobe White, you know. Yeah, the list goes I mean, on and on. It's a who's who. You, yeah. you can make a pretty damn good college team with those players. Yeah. You can make a pretty good Right, right, right. That's a lot of pros. And and then then the second point is you don't know when those players are developing. I mean, we know who they are now, and we know they're great players, but maybe a couple of them develop late, and they might have been excluded from this, and it might have hurt them. And I think that's the point you guys are over trying to make, that you don't know when players develop. They they can blow up at any time, and they need equal footing to have a chance to be seen. That's right. And, you know, the kids that are going to be affected the most – are not the highest level kids. Correct. The kids that are going to be affected the most are the marginal Division One, Division Two players, or the you know the lower Division One players that don't get to necessarily play with a shoe company in the in July. Um, maybe aren't considered one of the top you know 150 players in the region, but are really good players. And you know those are the guys at the end of the day that are going to be affected more uh, by this rule than, say, the top 25 players in the country. Definitely. Coach Johnson, this question is for you. As we, we talk to people, they don't know all the details of, of, of how schools work. The live dates for these June NFHS events are the 21st to the 23rd and the 28th to the 30th. But Correct. when is the school year completed in North Carolina? And, you know, what typically goes on at that time, because uh, the average Joe or the average parent out there is going to say, wait a minute, I thought school was over already. Yeah, my, most of your schools are out by the first weekend in June. At the latest in North Carolina, it'd be June 14th, you're out. Normally, in our situation, we usually play at a local public school event for team camp that first weekend, the 14th, mm-hmm. 15th. Uh, weekend, and uh, then we have something called state games, which public and private play in. Uh, so basically, it's that third weekend in June, uh, or second weekend in June, you start playing again, and then you play the third and fourth weekend, and usually AAU or travel basketball takes over in July. Okay, gotcha. And one thing, Chris, y'all even mentioned is you're not counting the Christian schools. We don't even know how many Christian schools are out there, so I'd say. That's another probably 50 to 60 schools in North Carolina that are not allowed to play who are in another association. Wow. That's 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 an amazing numbers of teams that would end players and kids who would potentially be held out of these events. What do you guys see happening next? Uh, 
recently we've heard New York, Texas, Nevada have all decided their state associations have said, nah, we don't want to deal with it. Uh, we're going to pull out. We're not hosting events. Do you guys see something like that happening in North Carolina? And if not, what do you think is next? How do you think this all works out? I, I don't see that happening in North Carolina right now. I, I do see the college coaches get more involved in this. I had a conversation with Steve Smith a couple of weeks ago about it. And, and we feel like when, when the dust settles a little bit and the college coaches can look at the summer calendars and stuff, they'll get more involved. And I don't think it's a coach we've talked to on the phone who is not not supportive of having all the kids play. They, they don't. They didn't understand the rule. I mean, I don't actually understand how they even came up with it like that. Got you. Thanks. Thanks for the input, Coach. Yeah, it does seem that as time goes by, the media's done a good job of getting this out there, and people are now getting understanding and getting a wind of what it means. So there's going to be some pressure there. So this question is for Coach Smith. Coach Smith, are you glad that New York and Texas pulled out of June and now, like I said, I broke uh, recently that Nevada's also out as well. Are you know? Are you glad about that, or what's your take on on those states pulling out? I kind of have mixed emotions about it. Um, I think it's you know, obviously, I think the rule is unfair. So I think from that standpoint, it, I think it's, I like it. You know, I, I appreciate them seeing the fact that the rule is unfair. But I do think that having uh, dates in June are important. And it's something that high school coaches have been asking for, and even college coaches for a good while. I mean, college head coaches never really have a chance to see kids play with their high school because That's a good they're point. in the middle of their season. They're in the middle of their season while we're in the middle of our season. So they don't really get out and recruit from October to March. So the only chance that the head coaches really have to see kids is in the month of July. So by opening up June, you allow head coaches to see their, you know, possible recruits in the high school environment. So we were extremely happy to hear that they were going to, you know, open up June and then obviously disappointed that they didn't include everyone. Yeah. And me being someone who uh, evaluates kids a lot, uh, I, my evaluations are for, as far as a basketball player goes, are are really strictly, uh, with the high school program, not so much with the with the club program, based on style of play, um, Coach Johnson. Uh, Coach Johnson, final question for you uh, before we let you guys go. Um, with with the days potentially in in June being two thirds of it, um, what's you've been around North Carolina basketball for forty two plus years? What's the event? What's what's the end here? What's the is there fallout? What's the what are you looking to see happen um, with these June dates? I'd like to see the June dates stay where they are. I'd love to see the um, National Federation to change the rule and allow the private schools to be a part of it and uh, partner with the public schools. I think that that could be a year away from happening, but I think it will happen. But what we're going to do is we're going to have an event, and we will stream it, and we will have recruiting people come to it and look at the players and, and D2 and D3 coaches can come so a lot of the players will get looked at by that level uh, it, it's unfortunate D1s can't come but we we got to do the best we can to publicize our players and we're lucky that we get to play in some great events and they're seen and stuff but it, it's, I really do not understand why you would penalize a, a, a student athlete like this when they're when 
you're, you're, you're trying to get them back with your high school programs and get them to be able to participate on, with their high school teams. Well, Coach Johnson, Coach Smith, those are great points you guys made. I wanted to hammer home that point that you made that during the season, the seasons run concurrently. So a, a person like Devin or myself, a lot of times when we're out of games or we're evaluating, we're, we're talking with assistant coaches, the guys on the road, the guys doing the grinding. And you, as guys as high school and veteran high school coaches, you would like to see and deal with the head coach a little more evaluating your, your players in your, in your program. So that makes a lot of sense. You know, there's obviously building media pressure, and some states are pulling out. So, you know, for our end, we're not sure what the NCAA is going to do, but obviously the pressure is going to build. I, I'm in agreement with you guys. I think they're going to keep it for this year, but then there's going to probably have to be some adjustment, it seems like, to be made. Is that what you guys think? That's what we think. We're hoping they will adjust it this year, but I just think it's going to be difficult because of the time that you uh, college head coaches get more involved with this rule it's going to be March and I just don't see them making a drastic change then because you got a lot of planning to do alright coaches we're, we're pulling for you guys out there to hopefully you guys get a, a good solution that, that benefits everybody thank you so much for spending some time with us and giving uh, our listeners a, a real good view of what's going on down there in North Carolina thank you very much appreciate it have a good day so yeah I mean it doesn't get any more um, credible, than those credible guys. in those two guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in yeah, terms coach of North Carolina, yeah. 40, 42 years yeah. uh, as a head coach in North Carolina, over a thousand, a wins. thousand wins. He's like a Gary McKnight kind of figure. Correct. Gary McKnight, obviously the the head coach at Santa Ana Modern Day out here yeah. in yeah. Southern California, who's been a figurehead of yeah. of uh, that school for some time now. Um, Ronnie, they they seem concerned yeah. and pissed. To be They're honest, pissed. With and yeah. obviously, you know, Coach Smith, who's more in the grinder and more on top of this, he has, you know, he's very passionate about it. He does feel that high school coaches, it, it was a good idea to to get coaches to be able to see players in a scholastic setting a little more. That I agree with. I just don't think it's the right date. I don't think it's executed right. <laughs> I don't think uh, they planned it very well. But I get his point. I just think there's still a chance, Devin. With the media growing, growing and getting in wind of this, again, we're breaking more states. Seems like we're going to break more states in the future, sc- scrapping this. Yeah. Gym. So I mean, what's C- going to happen? CIF has to make a decision soon on what. Yeah. What they or make an announcement how they're going to do it, how they're going to do it, it or scrap it, or they're going to pull out. What? What? I mean, there's so many people and they're schools and people out here who run events. Correct. Uh, so they have to make a decision here soon because I mean. We're in. We're, what are we? We're, we're midway through January already. Yeah. If you're going to do an event that's successful, you need a plan. <laughs> you got to start now. <laughs> you need a plan and invite schools, that type of thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm hearing in some states that in the first weekend, the 21st to 22, they might try to do like an individual camp thing. Then the second weekend, do a, a a team event. I'm hearing in North Carolina that they may plan to do public schools the second week, 20. 8th through the 30th for the top teams only, like an event for the top 40 or 50. Right. Well, then you're still excluding, you're still excluding. <laughs> that are on lower tier, non, non-ranked, non-state ranked teams. So there's still discrimination going on. You know, it's it's when you talk about the schools that have already pulled out, I think that's why I think this pressure is growing on mounting on this whole June is you look at the LAUSD strike, which we've hammered and we hit on. 660,000 kids involved. Many, almost 90% have nothing to do with sports or basketball. But when you look at the New York City Department of Education, that's the only district in America that's bigger than LSUSD. 
that's a million students. Devin, none of their students were going to be involved in this June. <laughs> so they were out. They're out. I just started, as soon as you yeah. got to that point, I, all I could do was start laughing. Yeah. I mean, so there's just, so many students are being out. discriminated against here. So in, in closing, you know, because of the charging caps, I think, Devin, it's a risky proposition for some high school coaches and administrators even to try these events. You know, what's your take there real quick in the paint hard going? It's, I mean, we've been going hard on this for how many episodes now, but Seems it's great. Like yeah. But it's crazy because this more layers keep adding up, adding up, adding up, and there's yeah. more stuff to talk about. Uh, my thing is like, I don't do these people want them, you know, whoever's overseeing an NFHS all up in their business and, Who's yeah. running? Who's running them? Who at CIF is gonna uh, decide who gets an, uh, a sanctioned event, event? And who doesn't? And who doesn't? How many applications are they gonna get? Who's gonna fulfill these and look over these and make sure they're right? It's just they don't like, want anyone. Yeah. They don't want anyone to do it. Yeah, this, nobody's. They gonna, don't want to do the it. Bottom, the bottom line: nobody's gonna want to do it. Right. They may do it to show face, but like, are they gonna, gonna assign? Are they gonna assign Helen, who answers the phones, to start looking through mm-hmm. his applications? Mm-hmm. Like Helen doesn't want any part of it. Mm-hmm. Correct. Helen answers the phone and hits a button and sends it to. Whoever the commissioner, whoever they're calling for, whoever yeah, the person they calling for. It's a lot of layers of problems, as Devin's saying. So when you throw in, and then here's another point, Devin. When you, let's say little Johnny, Johnny basketball, pretty <laughs> good Johnny player. Basketball. His dad is a CFO or a big time lawyer. And now he's in a private school sector. He's from a state that is discriminated. Now you throw in the potential legal liabilities, liabilities of keeping a segment of the population out of this. Does a, does a does the state association really want that problem? No, they don't because they don't yeah. have the funds to be able to go to a court battle, or there may be an injunction, or a time, or the or, time to do yeah, it. Or it's just a, it's a mess. So, and then that's not not to mention. We, there's another one main point that I want to hit on before we we let our listeners go is last year in 2018, if you're a regular, you know, D1 bound player, you had 21 days to be looked at by colleges. Right now, if you exclude the the North Carolina privates, Nevada, New York, Texas, you, you got 10 days. That's 11 less days to evaluate. Plus, if you're not going to USA's regional camps or top 100 camp, if you're not elite, that's now you're down to six. Right. And that, so you that, went from 21 to six. We already have a whole lot of misevaluation. Yeah. <laughs> at all levels of college hoops. So yeah. six days in the summer to compared evaluate to guys compared to 21 is Astronomical, it's disastrous. Right, two twenty. Right, you this, have you're forcing screwed. You're right forcing now. college coaches to make yeah. snap judgments yeah. on providing scholarships to players who they don't know if yeah. they're good enough. Yeah, that's not good. No, it's not. You thought good. the transfer rate was a problem. Now, now it's going to be even worse in 2020 it's, and 2021. I, we really feel for the 2020 kids that are not high level. Some of the guys that we've seen, Devin, that we know of, that yeah. are not high level around here. You know, 2020, uh, you know, let's just say, I'm not throwing him low or too high, but it's saying like Keith Dinwiddie. Well, he's he's involved in the LAUSD he, strike as so well. So he screwed up. Yeah, he's thinking about that. Yeah. Keith Dinwiddie, I didn't even think about that. Keith Dinwiddie. So shooting, 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 guard a, at, shooting guard at Fairfax. He's not those a top 50 player right now. He might have that type of ability one day, but look at how it affects a guy like that. You know, he needs every single day possible to be evaluated. Right. And I just threw his name out. I totally forgot about that. And Keith strike. Dinwiddie is a Division One basketball player. player no right. doubt about it. So, But he needs all the dates he can. Phil, 220s is getting screwed here a little bit. So based on the number of reduction in days, you know, if we think, I now start to think a little bit that June should be scrapped if they can get the calendar revamped. If not, just go with it for this year. Here's if the they thing. can get the calendar Here's revamped. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You, you, it has to be done soon. 
Yeah. If you're going to scrap it or revamp it, it has to be done soon Within because the next three weeks to a month. Next three weeks. Yeah. By the time the Miss state February championship games come or the playoffs yeah. come, yeah. it's too late. It's too late. Yeah, well, I'm going to agree with you, Devin. And notice we didn't even mention the Rice Commission here, which was kind of put together and put together for these rules. I'm not really going to mention that too much. Devin, if you want to, go ahead. I, because we know it's, in my opinion, it's just a big name attached to a public Yeah, should, no, I have nothing. Right. I got nothing to say about that. It was, yeah. I see people tweeting like, we're, well, Congress Rice like, doesn't go to the basketball games. No, no shit. Yeah, don't fall for that. People yeah. <laughs> no shit, she doesn't go to games. That was done to make it seem as the NCAA doing something positive right. in light of the they, federal corruption scandal. Right, and they wanted... A big name attached. A to big it. name attached to make people feel good about themselves, so, about about what's the whole happening. Situation. Parents yeah. and kids to feel good. Oh, Condoleezza Rice, she's been involved in high level yeah. government for how many years now? Yeah. She's gonna do great. Yeah. No. She doesn't go to the gym. Yeah. No, no shit. We know that. That's not even. And uh, not even worth mentioning. We'd rather talk to guys like Coach Bake, Coach Grant Rice at, at Bishop Gorman, Coach Freddie Johnson, guys who have done it, who it affects their kids. They're in the affects, trenches. Yeah, they're in the trenches. Been there for years. So we're glad we're. We're happy to have them on the show. We're glad you guys listened. You know, we the commission obviously didn't take its time to research what the changes would mean, and this is what we're left with. Devin. Before before we take off, I want you to give me a prediction on what happens in California uh, with the June events. Are we having them? Are we not? What's going to happen? Uh, Devin, you put me on the spot in the pan. I'm going hard. <laughs> you have to go hard in the pan. That's what the show's I, about. I think eventually that they might pull out because they're seeing what other states are doing. Nevada, again, Nevada is not separated or delineated by public-private, and they pulled out. Right. So if another state pulls out, then it gives more more, more credence for California. Say, so you know what? We don't want any part of it either if our fellow states don't want any part right. of it. You know, what kind of unity are they showing here if they are all one? If 20 are doing it and 30 are not, or 26 are doing it and 24 are not. Well, you know, I, yeah, I I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's unfortunate that yeah. we feel that way, that CIF is going to look and be like, eh, you know, Texas is out. Yeah. Uh, New York is yeah. out. Nevada, our neighboring state, they're out. Similar yeah. setup was one, uh, one body, body one governing that body. oversees it. Yeah. Similar setup yeah. to that. Obviously a lot less, you know, schools and, 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 Population, but similar public and privates are part of CIF. Right, all one organization. I see CIF potentially pulling out, not wanting the headache. Um, no, there's some fallout. There's already fallout. Yeah, uh, kudos to all the media people that know what they're doing. That has put it out there. Yeah. So you know that's that's kind of it for us this week. You know, hopefully this 220. Hopefully they get a, a fair shake because right now they're kind of getting screwed compared to 219, 18 in pre- prior classes. And let, let's hope for the best here. Uh, Devin, uh, go ahead and close yeah. this out. Thanks, you, thanks, guys, so much for uh, tuning in with us. Hopefully, we gave you some information that's helpful, something you might have not known before listening to this podcast. Um, and if you like what you hear, uh, give us a like and subscribe uh, on our SoundCloud or iTunes or both. That'd be great. We'd appreciate it. Um, we really appreciate you guys tuning in and stay tuned for the next episode of In the Paint, presented by Ball is Life and hosted by myself, Devin Ugland, and my buddy over here, Ronnie Flores.